teams who wants to be my spotter i don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight alan gambling who's anything about gambling it's not gambling when you know you're going to win it is not gambling if you know you're going to win what's up everybody this is your host with the most time on his hands thomas simple ff back here with the full tilt dynasty podcast presents the fantasy walkabout i of course am here with my mate from around the world all the way on the other side it's tom underscore lee 92 over there in australia uh here to bring you a week two fantasy walkabout a journey through the ups and downs spiritually through all of the tilting we're here to uh chat about it happy you're here joining us uh, happy to have you here look big week in week two lots of stuff happened king henry woke up deandre swift did his thing on monday night which we're going to talk about tom lee biggest takeaway from week two uh, QBs hurt. <laughs> Both QB. are yeah. hurt and hurt us, man. Yeah. It always it happens every year. It doesn't always happen the same week every year, but my God. <laughs> you just have true. lineup after lineup derailed <laughs> by either facing them or having them because Jesus. But, I mean, there you were know, a couple, yeah. couple weeks in a row. I mean, we had Fitzpatrick, the other, uh, in week one go down, right, yeah. early. Got Matty B here. He's hanging Hello, out, chilling with us. Let's fucking go. That's right. Hollywood Titan, my man. My boy, dilly dilly to you too, sir. Look, uh, we've been doing giveaways here uh, the last little while. Now that I finally have the cards in my possession, we can give away a few more. But I want to kick off today's show um, with this guy here. This was the Jalen Hurts rookie card giveaway. Uh, this was won by at Coach Craig Sports. Um, look, it was real easy to win. All you had to do was follow myself and Tom Lee on the Bird app and tell us why you were the biggest Jalen Hurts fan. And guess what? Coach Craig did that. And uh, I can't wait to ship that out to him, man. We're going to get in touch with you. We're going to hook up. Uh, he said that having a player switch from big school to big school and still produce when he felt he wasn't wanted is all the reason he needed to root for him at the NFL level. And guess what? I couldn't agree more. Uh, he was our week one budgie smuggler of the week. So we are all about our Jalen hurt. So congratulations to coach Craig sports. Uh, you can find him at coach Craig sport on the bird app. Joker drop him a follow. He was kind enough to enter in this competition. Now, the next competition 
Okay, we're not going to give this one away next week. We are going to give this one away in two weeks. Uh, kind of relevant considering what happened on Sunday. We are going to be giving away a Michael Pittman rookie card. All right, he had a big game, breakout week, the game everyone was expected. Here it is. It's in my hands. We're going to get the, the hard plastic cover and send this out to you. Now, to win, to win this beauty of a card right here, you only have to do a couple of things, okay? You have to follow myself at Thomas Tipple FF. You have to follow at Tom underscore Lee 92. And you have to tell us why you are a huge fan of Michael Pittman Jr. For any reason, doesn't matter. You want to automatically enter in? Well, go to FullTiltDynasty.com. And all you have to do is leave a comment in the forum. Why you are also a Jalen Hurts fan. It's as simple as that. Few less steps. Go to FullTiltDynasty.com. Drop a comment in the forum. We're going to take that and add it to the list of entries. Whew. Now that we got that out of the way. I mean, I always love doing that. I love it. I love doing these giveaways. And as we get through these cards, we're going to move into other things. Jerseys. We could be doing some helmets. You never know what's going on. Some promo codes, some gift cards. You never know. But we're going to start here and we're going to move forward. Look, if you did not catch all the games over the week, you can go to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, if you haven't already, and go have a listen to Big Billy FF's breakdown of week two. It's real short. It's under 20 minutes. Gives you all the info that you need real right quick. All right? Look, Tom Lee, every week... There's a lot of news. There's already been a ton of tweets, a ton of takes, bad ones, good ones, iffy ones. All of the takes. Right. And what one thing we don't like to do is sit here and dwell on them. So real quick, uh, we like to do a do we give a shit, a do we care on Friday shows, and well, we kind of do it here too. So there's a bit of news. I'm just going to run <laughs> down through it real quick, and uh, you let me know which ones you super care about. We're going to keep this real short. Sure. We'll move on to the stuff that matters, right? All right, Tyrod Taylor out Thursday. Davis Mills is starting. Big Ben, Peck, Deontay Johnson, banged up. Darrell Henderson, Tua, and Amari Cooper all have bruised ribs, and Andy Dalton is out, but yet somehow still the starter when healthy. Yeah. Uh, which, which one of these do you really care about, uh, or if you care about all of them, give me, give me a good minute on each one. Uh, Tyrod, it's sad because he was actually – kind of usable, uh, especially in Superflex Leagues, which is what we play. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, it's sad to, like, that That Houston offense was fun to watch and, and has been rolling along, and it's really sort of put a dampener on our upcoming Thursday night walkthrough. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, Davis Mills showed a little bit, um, mainly showed it to the opposition defense, but we'll see how he goes with his first full start on Thursday. Big Ben, haven't heard much news about it. Deontay, he avoided major injury, which is a takeaway. The big one for me is that, um, apart from Fields getting a start, the, the guys with the ribs for me matters the most because these guys are going to be sore. Some might play. Two is probably the biggest concern with that Miami mm -hmm. offense. Um, oh, you don't, and you, it, you don't want to have to roll out Jacoby Brissett, man. You know oh, what, Jacoby Brissett, you don't really want to need the pass catches. I know Will Fuller comes back in this week, in theory, or yeah, should. But... Um, yeah, I mean, that whole offense, apart from probably Gaskins, is a bit of a fade this week if two is out. Um, Even with Gaskin, I'm probably fading the offense. I yeah. want to run back on a team whose offense is going to do well. We're going to talk about one later for sure. But yeah. 
Um, I think the whole Miami team is a, is a there's a giant red flag on the whole thing right now. Uh, yeah. It sucks because there was a lot of hope, but I'm I'm pumping the brakes on all of it. Yeah. Um, worried about Brandon Cooks with Davis Mills. Are you happy with his target share enough? You think it'll be okay? I think it'll be okay. I mean, there's I mean Nico Collins is out too, so um, okay. he's he's been placed on IR. So there's not really much else to throw at. Um, I did we we tracked down. We mentioned week one of the season that Farrow Cooper was a tight end for a team and we didn't know who turned out it was yeah. the Houston Texans. Yes, uh, it was. <laughs> so he may become relevant again and right. um, might be something to watch, but that offense, I don't know what's going to happen. Currently we're going to get to the, the preview later on, but um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm happy thing. to play cooks, but I think there's other, I think yeah. there's other, other streamable flexes this week you could play. Um, but you know, there's nothing wrong with playing cooks this week. Right. I think one, the only thing that we know for sure in Houston is that for some reason, uh, Mark Ingram will get like 20 <laughs> carries for no yeah, reason, for no, no matter carries. the game script. Yeah, it's doesn't. just destined. Um, look, that's kind of it. Obviously, you want to play Fields excited. I was a little worried about uh, Allen Robinson last week, but mm. I'm, I'm going to give him another week before I start hitting the panic button and bailing on uh, Billy's boy A-Rob for A-Rob. sure. Look, that was... Do we care? We're going to take a quick second when we come back. We're going to, uh, you know, do our Aussie wave for our wavy player of the week. And uh, we're going to do shits me to tears real quick. So sit tight, hang in there. When we come back, we're going to get on a few more of these hot button topics before we move on to the meat of the whole thing. Look, in Dynasty, it's really tough to have a real good waiver pickup. Remember, James <laughs> Johnson was like the hot ticket because he might play for a week, and uh, it was bad. It's not You're not going to find the James Robinsons very often, so there's nothing really out there. For it's dire. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dynasty players in, in moderate to deep benches, even short ones, right, for leagues that have been around for a couple of years because – for the most part, your league mates scoop everyone up. However, the news that Jarvis Landry uh, is out and out for a while. Odell Beckham's coming back from being healthy. Donovan Peoples-Jones has has looked okay. Uh, look for Schwartz on your waiver wire. You can put in a couple dollars bid for him. They were already kind of scheming him touches in Cleveland. I think he's worth a pickup. Tom Lee, what say you? Yeah, I really like him. I mean, any guy who can stretch the field or show that sort of juice repeatedly and they scheme him touches is worthwhile looking for. I mean, if you can find him on waivers, great. Um, even if you can pick him up and just stash him away in the dynasty bench, it's still a worth a look at this point. Um, I've liked what I've seen so far from him. Last week, probably not as much as the first week, but um, right. they had that game juiced Fastest up. Fastest player game, in the so. draft. Yeah. So, yeah, hey, what is it? Olympic needs... speed. Yeah. Yes, Olympic speed from a sneaky athletic player. A very smart, sneaky athletic player. We all know what that means. Look, that's our Aussie salute. That's our waivers play of the week. <laughs> so a salute to everyone there. Go and get yourself some, some Schwartz. And uh, look, there's something that drives us nuts at least once a week. I mean, we're the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast for a reason. Uh, we created a whole network based on us tilting our faces off. <laughs> and a lot of the time it was because someone or something or whatever had happened that set us off the rails in our group chats, our DMs with one another. And uh, look, we're here to break it down for you. 
this once a week we have something new that pops up and this week on shits me to tears which is basically what frustrates us, which drives us crazy, but it's Ozzy, so we're bringing it to you. <laughs> so what shits us to tears this week is uh, week two take lock. Uh, explain it. this one real quick for the people, Tom Lee. It's like a positivity bias, right? Two weeks in, we've seen normally one good game, one bad game, one home, one away game, and everyone's convinced that their opinion of a player, good or bad, is the truth. And the bird app is full of it. We see it every single week. We see it in the leagues. Just let the just let the season build. I mean, like there's no point fighting over at this point because in two weeks' time it, it will be completely different. And you know, we'll pull up those receipts. You can look like a fool. Um, yeah. Just it's. I get it. It was a long off season. Everyone's excited. Crowds are back. Footy's back. But just chill on the take walk. It, it's not justification. It's not reason. It's not time to panic yet. It's time to observe, see what's happening, see what the play is, and start to enjoy our fantasy football yeah. properly because we're back into it. We only get 17 weeks, normally 16 this year, 17 proper weeks to enjoy it. So just sit back, enjoy the football, watch and see what's happening, make some yeah. notes, and then come exactly. week four, week five, we'll have a chat about what's really going on. Collect, so just chill. Collect your data. Uh, yeah. I, I, I know I've seen the I, – I knew Ayuk was trash. Oh, I knew it. Player. I was pick. out on him. Overdrafted, yeah. oh. Debo. Debo's played fantastic. Can't yeah, his hamstring's still attached. Yeah, Can't, don't know what's going on with Ayuk right now, but you're bailing at, at two weeks after what you saw. Don't get sucked into two week take lock. I even asked our other co host, the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, Jacob Sanderson, FF underscore RTDB, if he was gonna, when he was putting out new rankings, he said week four because anything I do now is going to be an over under reaction. That is an appropriate uh, answer. Right. Yeah. So let's take some time, breathe it in, enjoy it. It's always fun to like poke fun. I know I was in a group Absolutely. chat saying that, yeah. you know, Rondell Moore's <laughs> big touchdown wasn't really much to celebrate about because they just lost him and he was wide open with no one around him. And then there I was celebrating that Hollywood Brown did the exact same, same thing, thing. <laughs> uh, Sunday night. So I got yeah. I got made to look a fool uh, real quick in the group chat. And luckily, Duchesne's hashtag fade Duchesne's let me know about it. So, yeah. <laughs> I caught on to it. I'm, I was guilty of this at least a little bit in the moment. We all, we all do so it. It's all it's tempting, but just, right. yeah. So that's Stop. our Aussie salute. That Schwartz was shits me to tears. It's week two take lock. Get over it. When we come back, we are going to talk just a little bit about the Monday night happenings, and uh, we're going to get in a foot falcon Friday. All right? Sit tight. We're going to come back in two seconds, uh, maybe a few seconds, and uh, get into it. The Monday night game had lots happening. Aaron Jones went out there and absolutely obliterated. Um, I just want to ask you two questions, okay? I'm going to answer my two. I'm going to ask you two, and I'll let you add on to whatever you need. I like it. What was the biggest takeaway from last night's game? Uh, (laughs) For me, honestly, and I know we want to go with Jones, but for me, it's that Detroit still looks good for fantasy. Um, yes. yes, the game fell apart late, but the way they started that game, playing to a game script, golf hitting throws, all the offensive pieces looking really good, people whinging about Swift having slightly down week. Look, just he looked good. He came off a short week in, in training. It it just looked exciting for a, a team that we know is going to lose a hell of a lot of games, been a lot of negative game scripts. 
they have pieces we can use weekly over and over and over again, um, which is really, really good for us in fantasy because it makes it far more interesting and relevant to watch all the mm-hmm. games rather than just fade any of these games. Yeah, what was your biggest disappointment? <sighs> well, I mean, it was going to be Devontae Adams, but then they fixed that. Um, yes. <laughs> Early on, think, our own Matty B was tilting a little bit on the Devontae Adams message. <laughs> yeah, I think the disappointment was that um, that Detroit did fade away. Like they didn't. Once their game plan had been taken away by the Packers and they were put in the negative game script, we saw last week they were they were down and, and they had to play the whole game and they were fine. This week they couldn't quite put it together in that second half. A lot of the scoring dried up. So I think the fact that they're relevant is fantastic, but I think the fact that they can't stay in games the entire time is the issue. They're going to have ups and downs. So, I mean, that's my real disappointment is it could have been fantastic the way that the offense was looking and it was for a few players, but it didn't turn out to be the big, big game that it could have been had they had they carried on with it. Exactly. You know, I agree with that. Look, we have a question down here with Michael Chapp. Uh, we're going to answer that in a second uh, once we get through this Monday night game. So sit tight. I swear we're going to answer this. I have a, I have one hell of an answer for you. It, <laughs> it should help you because people that do this um, make me crazy. Um, look, uh, for me, the biggest surprise to me was A.J. Dillon's usage. Mm. Uh, it was almost non-existent. Yeah. And now he almost becomes – a literal handcuff. We, we kind of thought that he would have standalone value a la Gus Edwards, right? Or Tony Pollard, given with how good he looked with the opportunity last <laughs> even year. Even Jamal Williams. Even Jamal Williams. They just chose yeah. to ride their, the, as Jacob would say, the sombrero king. And <laughs> it worked for them. And in a game where they were ahead, they still didn't use them. But at the same time, they used Kylan Hill at the end of the game to run over the yeah. They didn't even use Dylan for that. So I'm worried about Dylan. Don't sell your shares off just yet. Hold on to them. I know you're disappointed, but keep them on that bench. It's a long season. Yeah. Right. And for me, what I was uh, stood out to me was that I was so wrong about TJ Hawkinson. Oh my <laughs> Lord. That guy is going to ball out all season. And if you were one of the people that were right about him, congratulations. Cause Man, he looks like he's going to overtake George Kittle in, in that top four. It's, that top four, It yeah. looks unbelievable for him right now. <laughs> Targets, ability, that touchdown in the corner. Give me How a nice. Break. That was so unbelievable. Nice. He yeah. looks like a, he does look like a Canadian who plays a lot of hockey, though, with the hair and everything. <laughs> he's, so yeah, he's, a, he's a big boy with a big lot of hair, yeah. Yeah, he's got a sick <laughs> flow, bro. Okay, so we're going to get to Michael Chap's question here uh, before we move on to Foot Falcon Friday. Friday. Um. Hey guys, I'm in a PPR league, not Dynasty, and this guy has Mahomes and Lamar Jackson with Lamar on the bench. It's a really dumb decision on his part. And I offered <laughs> Herbert and Gaskin slash Sutton one of these. He wants a higher return, and I don't know if I'm willing to budge since Lamar is rotting on his bench and Herbert had more points last year. Any thoughts? Yes. Uh, forget that dude. Uh, it's a It's a one-quarterback league from what it looks like. Has you to be only right. need yeah. one quarterback on your roster, realistically. Yeah. You have a fine one in Herbert. That means you probably paid less than what he would have had to have paid for his. Which means the rest of your pieces should be better. If you, yeah. if you, yes, if you watched that Dallas game, he looked like an absolute superstar. Hold on to him. Just use him. Look, I love Lamar Jackson. I am the Ravens not-so-biased fan here. Um, but 
yeah, you're you're in a good situation there, mate. Don't like look at the game Sutton had last week alone. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Two hundred and what fifty four air yards. That guy's gonna Insane. be mass targeted. Mass yeah. targeted. Um, he kept Lamar as a keeper and then drafted Mahomes with the first pick in the third round. No, forget him, dude. You you it seems like you're already at yeah. light years ahead of him in management positions. Uh, you kept a quarterback in a one quarterback league, which yeah. is rough, and then drafted another one. You're already way ahead, mate. Just stay the course. So I love I love this in re- I, yeah I love this in redraft leagues right if they've got a great quarterback on their bench it means it's not on anyone else's team and it's not on their roster so you've already got an advantage by not playing them week in week out you want them to stay on their bench as soon as Jackson gets traded to someone else's team all of a sudden the opposition become far more difficult to play so it's actually a better thing keep your depth keep your player keep Lamar on his bench and it's it's a positional yeah. advantage across the board you take him one of the top ten quarterbacks out of play making the rest of the field a little bit easier to beat, which is good. Right. And it's not like it's a super flex where you need two quarterbacks or end up in a situation where your second quarterback is Fitzpatrick and now you don't have one. Yeah. Uh, You're better off holding on to Herbert, who's going to play well and play well enough. You can make up the gap in, in points and talents that Lamar Jackson would likely bring you, even though I think he's on path to be the QB one or two. Yeah, it's not Ray enough to create year. a positional difference. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not gonna be enough. Uh it feels like he's cock blocking the whole league. Yeah. Uh <laughs> look, he kinda is, but it's it's at his own fault. It's his fault. Yeah, you got your hot partner, player. be happy. <laughs> yeah, he could have picked a different player at, at that three spot. First pick in the third round. Unbelievable. Bad call. Silly. Um Sorry for that, dude. A great I question. Like I like that. Because it, yeah. it is tilting to see such good players sitting there and you think, oh, maybe I can go and get that player and use them better. But, yeah, if you think it through from a league point of view and, and the way that you're playing your own strategy, you've already exactly. got it in a position you need it to be, which is good. You took Patrick Mahomes and you could have a guy, someone like, let's say, just for example, a Tyler Lockett or DeAndre someone Swift. to that extent, right? Yeah, in the third – well, keeper, I don't – I don't – Swift yeah, is out yeah, there, fair. but – but I'm just saying there are players that fall that are significantly more valuable than another quarterback. <laughs> Whoever let Mahomes go, let him go for a reason. Those that guy seems that person seems to be the smart one. So thanks for the question, Michael. We appreciate you, mate. Uh, and of course, Matty B here. Thank God those targets started flowing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it looked bleak. It looked bleak for uh, Devontae Adams managers for sure. <laughs> but he ended up doing his thing. Tanya had the touchdown. Uh, lots of good stuff for that game. Really want to watch Aaron Jones. A lot of people bailed on him early. And if you held on to him, again, congratulations. Congrats. Look, we're going to talk about Foot Falcon Friday. This means we're going to talk about the Thursday night football game coming up this week. Well, you might think, why is it called Foot Falcon Friday? Well, that's because all the way over in Australia, it will be Friday when our mate Tom Lee watches the game. We're real creative over here. Uh, so look, we got Houston versus Carolina. Obviously, Yeesh. the news about the Texans. I don't even know if they're going to have a third quarterback on the roster by then. Yeah. I don't know if they have one now, to be honest with you. Um, but Davis Mills is set to start. Deshaun Watson not going to be active. Real shocker. Uh, Tyrod Taylor could see the IR. Cooks the only wide receiver you want to maybe play. We talked about that earlier, but Carolina's defense has been exceptional. You know who else has been exceptional? 
Sam fucking Darnold has been fantastic. Where's the battle? He's been everything. He's been, oh, it's coming. He's yeah. been everything you could have asked for uh, <laughs> if you're the Carolina Panthers. If I'm not mistaken, he's what? The quarterback 15 through two weeks, something to that yeah. nature. He's getting DJ Moore touchdowns in the, at the five-yard line. The team's balling out. Christian McCaffrey is still the GOAT, the cheat yep. code for fantasy football. The whole team under uh, Rule and Brady looks to be – top tier and it's why i said that at the end of the year they will be a top five fantasy team top five fantasy offense overall so as much as sam Darnold qb1 season is probably not likely um <laughs> that that mid-range qb2 if you yeah. held on to him or you got him on the cheap i know for myself personally i made deals that were say jalen rager for sam Darnold straight up in the offseason because we like to talk about leagues that have been around a while, not just startups. Because when it get to this point in the season, those startups don't really freaking matter. <laughs> so we like to bring content to uh, leagues that have been around a while. What in this Foot Falcon Friday, Thursday night uh, football game are you most looking forward to seeing, aside from the obvious here, DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, etc.? You think this is a blowout? Curtis Samuel. They're not Curtis Samuel. Terrace Marshall. Oh my god. <laughs> Terrace Marshall. Well, that that's one thing I am I am interested in seeing is what is Robbie Anderson in this offense. So that's been the big the big question is we've seen CMC be good, we've seen Donald be solid, we've seen DJ Moore being fantastic, but Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson neither has presented as a clear standout weekly play as of yet. Uh, that's the next two weeks. I want to see, does one of these guys present? It's not just a deep threat. Is there another valuable piece in this offense to play? Because we know that CMC is the wide receiver two for this team, or one, depending on He's the how they look at it. He is He's the, the one. one. Um, that, that's probably the watch here. I mean, I haven't paid a lot of attention to the Houston games because, you know, it's Houston. Um, right, right, but, right, right, right. But, but they've been competitive and they haven't really been getting blown out of the water. So that suggests to me that defense is still playing decently and reasonable yeah, um but... so it may, it may not be just a one-way street but it's going to be overwhelming right um it's like, not like the jets of yesteryear where you're just watching a team walk through by 50 odd points to nothing but um, i'm assuming i'm assuming houston's going to give carolina short fields all day short fields all yeah. day because they i don't think they'll move the ball and yeah. when it comes to like what robbie anderson is in this offense eight tar uh six targets three receptions 38 yards zilstra mr cfl himself yeah. Three targets, three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Like It looks like anyone not named DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey are just whoever's kind of there. Yeah, personally. that's, that's the concern like. and the interesting part. So that's that's the watch for me over the next couple of weeks is right. can one come through or is that just how they're going to roll it? Um, anything for you? And, what are you looking at? Um, I'm kind of looking to see how the game script's going to go when they're ahead and how they're going to be going to use the running backs. Is Chuba Hubbard going to yep. come in? Chuba had eight carries, only for 10 yards, mind you, but he had eight carries in, in that yeah. game against New Orleans. So I'm interested to see when they're up how much they're going to ride Christian McCaffrey yeah. early in the year because it can really affect fantasy matchups. If it's halftime and it's 24 to 3, 27 to 3, are they really going to do what yeah. they they allowed Christian McCaffrey to do in 2019, which is just absurd? He's Eighty-five yeah. plus percent of the the running back touches. I don't think that's the case. I think that's I wouldn't if I was them. Yeah. Exactly. 
So if Carolina is going to be good, which it looks like they are, at least for now, they could be complete jokers, could be smoke and mirrors, if you would. Um, if they're good, how good is Christian McCaffrey going to be in those game scripts? Look, I'm not, don't hear what I'm not saying. Christian McCaffrey is likely going to finish as the one. But what I'm saying is those 35, 40 point weeks, even the 28 point weeks could come fewer and farther between if they are that far ahead. So it's something to note. It's something to look for. I mean, he scored a touchdown. He had 24 carries, 72 yards against a good defense, only six targets, only six targets. And he <laughs> scored the one touchdown for 24, 25 fantasy points. This is a great week. Yeah, he's always going to be somewhere between 20 it's and 30, you think. But those 35, 40 points, the, the Aaron Jones games of last of last week just gone. Yeah, right. they may not be around as much if he's not there at the end. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking for. Um, I have uh, I have Carolina winning this game fairly easy. I have 33-10 uh, for the Panthers of Carolina. Um, look, that's it. We got through it. We're halfway through the show. That only means one more thing. When we come back, we're going to get into our budgie smuggler of the week, which will be kind of fitting. We'll have to keep that one short. <laughs> Relevant, uh, yep. And we're going to also do our hard yakka. Uh, for the rest of the program. So sit tight. We're going to come back. Uh, and when we do, we're going to give you our budgie smuggler of the week. Also budgie smugglers sponsor us. Trust me. You're going to love it. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. I've been looking for this opportunity uh, since we came up with this idea. If you don't know what a budgie smuggler is, you're doing yourself a disservice. Well, yeah. You're doing yourself. You're doing the world around, a favor. No, but you're doing, yourself you're doing a the world yeah. a disservice <laughs> because the world deserves to see you at your most confident. And mm -hmm. no one can be uh, not un inconfident, whatever. You, you can't when you're wearing a budgie smuggler, all right? Skies if you don't know out, what it thighs is. out, Tom. Skies out, thighs Exactly. Out. Skies yeah. out, thighs out. And uh, our budgie smuggler of the week, the player we think is going to pack that extra heat when he's on the beach, <laughs> strutting his stuff, letting the world see how confident he is that he's going to absolutely crush it out there. It's Sam Darnold. Uh, it look, Sam the last Donald. two weeks we've had – Jalen Hurts and Taylor Heineke uh, both came through. So we're counting mm. on Sammy D here to to tan put, his skin. Put those on smugglers on and strut his stuff, huh? Exactly. He's going to put mm. the budgies on. He's going to get a tan as much as he's allowed to uh, yeah. and uh, go out there Thursday night and put on a show. I really think so. I think 300 yards. This could be a three-touchdown game for him. I think he's going to turn it up. He's our yep. budgie smuggler of the week. Anything you want to add before we move on? Uh, no, we just need graphics from now on of uh, these players in budgie smugglers. Um, okay. With, look. with a sponsorship because this is going to be some fun. I can't, yeah. I can't hold myself look. together much longer in these segments because you are very <laughs> enthusiastic wait. about just budgies wait. and I... smuggling them. Uh. <laughs> look, look, I have emailed budgie smugglers. I am Good. waiting for a reply. I will send a new email every week until they get back to me. You, the people, tweet at Budgie Smugglers and let them know that they check need them out. Go check out budgiesmugglers.com. 
<laughs> yes, have a look. And you need to tell them that they need to be sponsoring the fantasy walkabout because fuck is it hilarious. Okay. <laughs> hard yakka is a weekly is hard work exercise. Right. Yeah. We're going to roll out with this. Hard yakka is our weekly hard work process. This is the, the tough decisions, what we really need to talk about. And we're going to switch it up a bit this week. We're going to get in some top 12 conversation if we can fit it in. But right now, there are two things that I want to cover, right? I want to talk about a wide receiver, Tom Lee. A wide receiver who's uh, really fitting with the colors that we have for this program. Some would say the wide, wide receiver, Tom. Um, a wide receiver <laughs> that I'm that. very, very disappointed in. What? To say the least. This is a guy who was looked looked for uh, on the Bird app as being, or looked to as potentially being the wide receiver one on the year. People were mad that we didn't have him. Not we, because you are a huge fanatic um, of this player. But people were kind of upset with us that we didn't have him higher, you know, ranked a little bit higher. And look, it's Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Uh, there was a concern with Calvin Ridley for me. Oh, before we continue, Zachary is in here with another uh, question. I'm going to try to pronounce his last name. We're probably going to fuck it up. Uh, Zachary. Uh, Chirinkin. Chirinkin? Yeah, okay. I got offered Antonio Gibson and Corey Davis for DeAndre Hopkins in a PPR league. Should I pull the trigger? Yes. As yes. fast as you can. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming this is a redraft <laughs> question. Stop watching us. Go do it. Yes. Yeah. I understand that Corey Davis had obviously a down week. It's It was the Patriots. It was going to happen. Corey Davis looked mighty fine in week one when he's being force-fed targets, and I don't expect that to change. And Antonio Gibson is a young stud running back whose usage is just fine. Um, look, it was a short week. Taylor Heineke threw to J.D. McKissick because it was just simple, easy. They had no time to really plan for it. Yeah. And and scheme those touches. So yeah, easy. That's an easy money trade. I got offered Antonio Gibson and Corey Davis for DeAndre Hopkins in the PPR league. That is if this is if this is insane. dynasty, it's the biggest smash of the year. If yeah, it's redraft, it's a good question because I understand like D Hop is it's a, a fair a great question asset. in redraft. Yeah. It's an obvious smash in dynasty for sure. Yeah. Spot spot on with the last name. There you go. Tom Lee with the enunciation. Enunciation. Uh, correctly. Um look. I personally feel worried about Calvin Ridley. Um, Matt Ryan. Oh, he did say it was redraft. Yeah, I'd still do it in redraft. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'd still yep. do it. Yeah. Making your team deeper. Yeah, you're you're fine. Yeah, good call. Yep. Um, look, I was worried about Matt Ryan without Julio Jones. Right, the stigma, the narrative. If you're gonna walk down narrative street, um, yeah, it, it's a fine way to pick and choose. But I don't like that he's not in the slot. That's an eight point five percent slot rate. Um, he does not create only 29 yak yards out of only 114 yards. This is an Atlanta team that hasn't exactly been in real neutral game scripts, right? Yeah. Uh, they're just, he's just not producing with the opportunity. He's obviously had one week in the top 24. He had one week in the top 36. He's currently the wide receiver 35 on the year. Yes. That is not exactly what you're hoping for. Uh, when you draft Calvin Ridley, are you worried about Calvin Ridley right now, or am I so just I mean, like freaking out for no reason? So, I mean, this is a dynasty show primarily. So, for me in dynasty, no. Um, not many had him as their wide receiver one in dynasty. So, 
that's okay. For me, he's still a top 12 guy because he's still young enough. And he is the, the target hog on that offense. The issue is the offensive shit. And we didn't know how bad it was going to be. Is he um, the target we, hog, though? Yeah, uh, sorry. He's, he's the focal point. He's not the target hog statistically yet, but he is the focal point of that offense. The problem is the offense is shit. So they're getting to Matt Ryan far quicker than they thought they would. They wanted to establish the run game, which they just haven't because there's no running backs. Who would have thought? Uh, well, no, I'm not going to get dragged down again by what they should have done in the draft. But, <clears throat> yeah, the key is this year and probably next year, they're going to struggle. I mean, you look at that division, all three defenses they're facing, including Carolina now, who really drafted well two years ago and last year and really built up their defensive stocks. It's a really tough division to face over and over and over again um, where the rest of the division puts up a lot of fantasy points. So Ryan being old and immobile can't create. So he needs his players to create more after the catch. The issue for me, and you've got it there as well, is the air yards per target. They don't get, he hasn't got enough time to get in targets downfield. So this is an elite route runner who needs time to create those routes. Um, and it's just not happening. You know, like Calvin Ridley with this share of targets, with this amount of um, receptions, I'm fine with, you know, it's, it's an okay two weeks. Wide receiver 35 is pretty shit, but, you know, we've seen worse. The issue is, can they give him more time to get downfield and create? Because, like you said, he's not a yak monster. He no, is not going to push guys off. He's not going to stiff arm them. He's not, he's he not AJ Brown. He doesn't do a lot, but he is a great route runner and he's a great red zone threat. The issues for the, for for us is that that Atlanta offense can't get near the red zone. So, is he going to have that wide receiver one ceiling this year? No, um, I, I'm I'm concerned for for redraft, but for dynasty, I'm still very happy with where he sits. Here's here's the thing. Okay, this is why I'm freaked out and was never that high on him. He was, uh, we're going to talk ADP, but he's being drafted as a wide receiver eight, yeah, DLF and sleeper. And this is where working in tiers is fantastic, but the guy that I have next to him is the player that you could have sat and waited on as he was drafted as the wide receiver 28, according to DLF and wide receiver 24 on sleeper. And he will either outproduce him or match production. Yeah. So in your dynasty leagues, you're still more than likely actually I'm, Pretty freaking confident, Pretty confident that you can go get a player and just just listen to it as as weird it sounds. And you would sit there and think about which player did what. Forty point four percent target share through two weeks, a forty four point four percent slot rate. Fantasy football can be definitely uh, attributed to being one in the slot. Only a seven point four air yards per target, but one hundred and fifty five yards after the catch out of two hundred and ninety with one week in the top five and one week in the top twelve. Now those are only some of the stats. You would think that the player, the second player, the player on the right was drafted as the wide receiver eight, not the wide receiver 24. He is in a better offense with a better quarterback. With a team that's going to not be able to run the balls as much as they probably would like now that Cam Akers is gone. Right yep. now, one's 28, one's 26. It's only a two-year difference because Calvin Ridley is not as young as people may want him to be. He was old coming out. Yep. Exactly. So was Cup the last couple of seasons, right? So let's look at 2020 for Cooper Cup. He had 92 receptions on 118 targets for 974 yards and three touchdowns with Jared Goff in an offense that was falling apart. In 2019, where he was the wide receiver five, I believe, 94 receptions on 132 targets, 1,161 yards and 10 touchdowns. And he was top three in yards after the catch 
Very good for a sneaky athletic player. You look at Calvin Ridley in 2019, 63 receptions, 866 yards, and seven touchdowns. In 2020, the big breakout, 90 receptions for 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. Great, great seasons. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Good for him. That was with Julio Jones pulling coverage slash a, yeah. a, a team that was, you know, different offensive coordinator, different coach. I want the player right now that is producing, that has the path pro- to produce, that the, the wide receiver who has a, a locked-in quarterback and a system. If I am a dynasty player and I want to expand on my team's roster, I am absolutely trying to actively – this is why it's important that we always talk about actively reaching out to your to your league mates – there's someone out there who's trying to sell their Cooper Cup share high. Yeah, they think they're selling Calvin high. Ridley yeah. low. Yeah. For me, this is a smash trade Calvin Ridley for Cooper Cup and a plus. It may not be as big a plus after the, the big two touchdown game that Cooper Cup had, but if it's Calvin Ridley for Cooper Cup and insert a running back, insert another receiver. Uh, a first round pick in 2023 all reasonable trades for for Calvin Ridley right now so for me even in dynasty you can replicate production on players this close together in age but so far apart in draft position um we got Maddie B here I had someone offer me cup but wanted Bateman in a first said he wouldn't budge Exactly. That's someone trying trying to trying to get out now. Here's the thing. I don't think that's such a bad deal. We don't know what Bateman's gonna be in the Baltimore offense. So I mean if if you're if you're getting Cooper Cup, you're definitely trying to win. If you're not, you should I think you should always uh be trying to win personally. I don't believe in the the boot it um standoff position. Yeah. But if you're trying to win that's a fair trade to make for Cooper Cup, in my opinion, because he's going to produce this year. He's Matthew Stafford is a far superior quarterback to, to Jared Goff, period. And yes, Robert Woods is going to get his, but to what extent? Uh, his ADP uh, caught up to how people are, are feeling or hasn't caught up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So he's still just Cooper Cup, plain Jane, right? He's not exciting. He's not the hot ticket name, but for you, Tom Lee, are you willing to move your Calvin Ridley for a Cooper cup and a plus right now? Um, taking your Atlanta Falcons bias out of it. Uh, it was, it was a great, so, I mean, when you posed this and we were in the Slack having a chat earlier, but when you posed this, it was an interesting thought process. This is why we do the hard yak. And this is why we do these thought process because it's about making the most amount of value out of your roster. For me, it's selling low on Ridley, which is the issue. So will he improve? I expect him to be consistent enough that people will go, okay, he's still a decent player. You know, don't... So it'd be, it'd be like a little bit of reverse take lock, overreacting to the first two weeks. The interesting one for me is Cup. So we we all had Cup and Woods a little bit further out in their ranks than they probably should have been, but it was because we didn't know what was going to happen when Stafford came in. And with Akers having now gone down, there's like an over-reliance on Cup as that, everything man so the, the ones i want to watch over the next two weeks is i'm not rushing to to sell or buy just yet but if you can get cooper cup for a first do it i like that that was something i probably wouldn't have said in the off season because i didn't know it was going to happen but cup for a first is is right now where i'd have 
the absolutely buy, bring him onto your team. He's more value than not, right? That's where my mindset shifted. For Ridley, it's yeah, go on. I don't think I'm trading Cooper Cup for a first round pick this year. So that, so that's the question. So I mean, if if you can get it, cool. Um, but I think you're right. I think the performance in the first two weeks probably pushed him. So I'd rather keep him and use the production than the first. You'd have to find the right situation where someone thinks is 20, 28 year old is too old for my rebuild team. You'd need the perfect scenario to switch it, right? Um, right. So it's not likely to happen. The the, the mm-hmm. big watch for me is on his yak yards because Cooper Cup was he was good. He was good after the catch before his ACL. He, he lost that a little bit last year. Um, I think that was it, the it seems, Yeah, it seems to be back now, right? So. He, he looks good in open. In 2019, um, he was one of the best. He came in he came out of the gates as the wide receiver four in I think it was twenty was it twenty twenty or twenty nineteen? It's one of the two years. Um but he yeah, through the first eight weeks he was the wide receiver four, and then the offense changed slightly. They started looking at two tight end sets and it put him against different types of yeah, cover. It was really, really strange. Their, yeah. offensive, their offensive line was shit, and shit, he became yeah. a glorified blocker. Yeah. Right, but if you look at their offense now, they had, they had Everett at the time. Now he's gone, and Tyler, yeah. horrific human Higby, uh, yeah. is a jag, and yeah. it's obvious that Cooper Cup is Sean McVay's red zone target. Yeah. And you're going to give Matthew Stafford a very good red zone target, big body with capable hands. Yeah, There's can no get open, way he great hands, good after the catch. Yeah, Cooper so Cup I think, could I think lead the... the league in touchdowns this year, and Absolutely no one would could. be like, so, hmm. yeah. I think the watch for me is to take the shine off the two massive boom weeks. I want to see that. Um, I, I, it's like you said, it's too hard to buy him right now because you've only seen two of the best wide receiver weeks across the whole competition. So I'm not saying the window is closed to buy cup, but I, I like the idea of use a higher name player, like Maddie said before in the comments, where the ADP hasn't caught up to what's happening. Try to capitalize mm-hmm. on that. I like the process of it. But for me, with Ridley, I'm not selling right now because it looks too low. I need his value to come back up or just to sit in my team. But it's too low for a guy who could easily, again, replicate his production over the next couple of years. We don't know what's going to happen post-Matt Ryan, and we've seen what is happening with Matt Ryan. So we don't know. And Matt Ryan's locked in, if I'm not mistaken, next year. Yeah, he's still a lot of money next year. going to get the same bullshit. Uh, from Matt Ryan, who's going to probably further decline from where he is now. Yep. So I want out of Calvin Ridley because by the time he could hit that, I think he's already had his best season, most likely, if the team stays the way that it has. And by the time that changes, he's already going to be 28, yep. 29, like where Cooper Cup is now, yep. where Cooper Cup is attached to this dynamite offense. So yeah. For me, it's no hesitation, and I like that we can disagree on it. But for me, it's no hesitation. I'm trading my Calvin Ridley for yeah. Cooper Cup and a plus, a big plus, or a Cooper Cup and a plus plus, and I'm washing yeah. my hands and I'm moving it, forward. It's a good one to come back to as well because we mentioned yes. the off season oh, where where Ridley Ridley was a sell in the off season because of the value he represented. The issue now is yeah. the shine's been taken off that value, and that's probably yeah. why I wouldn't sell now. I would have sold preseason. Yeah. Because Maybe a polished turd is still a turd, and uh, everything attached to that offense, not named Kyle Pitts right now, even Cordero Patterson is is still <laughs> just a turd. Yeah. Um, look, that's our Calvin Ridley. I do want to talk about one more player. Looking at the time, we're going to keep it relatively short. Yep. Look, it's it's really hard in Dynasty to find a player that you can get on the cheap that can actually authentically help you win. 
And there's one player producing in the first two weeks right now for me that I'm currently writing about, so I want to talk about him. Uh, That's James White. He's my big buy for week three. Uh, Look, he's game script proof. It looks like right now Ramondre Stevenson's a rookie, and we know how much Bill Belichick loves to rely on on rookies. They were in a plus game script uh, on Sunday, and early in the game, early in the game, James White got back-to-back carries inside the 20, and they both went for seven yards up the middle. Up the middle, not a gadget, up the middle against the New York Jets defense, where that is their strength, and he popped in a touchdown three-some minutes into a game. He's played on 42% of the snaps. There's no more Sony Michelle. There's no more Rex Burkhead. It's James White. He has a 31% opportunity share, 12 receptions, and a 19.7% target share. This is a guy right now who looks like the 2018-2019 James White. Um, his average for touchdowns in a season is five. I think he can hit that no problem. Cam Newton's out the door, and it looks like they're willing to give him four or five carries, a couple of carries inside the 10. Mac Jones is going to dump it off to him. I still don't care about the weapons outside of Jacoby Myers for New England. Yeah. Um, this offense looks like it's kind of running the old Brady scheme just without Tom Brady. Um, James White to me, easy pickup, good floor, eight point floor, obviously 18 plus point ceiling is exactly what you want. And you can get them right now, according to dynasty trade calculator, which I super hate, but it's a good way to, to put a name to a value. If you need to guys like Christian Kirk, who are popping off. Right, you can go sell yeah. him off. Diami Brown, right now, who's a great player, but he's kind of trapped. You could probably go and trade him off, maybe with a third, and go and get James White and help extend your roster and help you win through some games through injuries and flexes. If it's me, I would easily trade a Diami Brown for a James White right now. His usage is great, it's fantastic. Diami Brown is a good player, don't know what he's going to be. Give me a guy who's projected right now for 112 or 110 to 115 targets. I want that guy on an offense that's going to score points. And it looks like, you know, an offense that they're going to be willing to give him some uh, extra touches. What about you? What say you, Tom Lee? I like it. So, I mean, running back 24 on the year so far, um, like you said, 12 receptions from 13 targets. Mac Jones is accurate. We know this. The game plan is designed to move the chains. Um, the volume for all the receivers outside of White, yeah, it's a little inconsistent. They'll take the odd shot. But I think the more and more that Jones, the, the more and more they get confidence with Jones in that offense, the more shots they'll start to take throughout the year. But yes. White is the chain mover. He is the check down. He's the best friend of the quarterback, the, the guy in the back pocket who can be lent yeah. on and was for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And then Cam Newton came in and said, well, I'm that guy. And then they said, no, you're not. We're going to go back to the old system, which worked. <laughs> exactly. Because we know that once it gets cold up at Gillette Stadium, we need someone who's got good hands who can keep moving at 5, 10 yards all the time, get six to eight receptions for the game and possibly a touchdown. That's perfect. If you can buy that as a proper win-now piece, um, it's not sexy. No one's starting James White right, right now, apart from me in one of my rebuild leagues. Um <laughs> No one's so starting to be sitting there on the bench, now. but he, he's heavily usable. You're going to need running back depth with a guy who yeah. gets his production in a different way from a quarterback who loves using these sort of pieces. It's a, it yeah. is a perfect buy P 
piece right now. You don't need to overpay, but at the same time, just have a look. Again, we talked about communication. Go and ask. Go and talk to the James White owner. See if you can get him as a throw-in piece as well. You might just be swapping around two pieces. Um, he's probably not a big enough piece to use in a trade, like he said before, with the Ridley and Cup argument. But at the same time, if you can get a throw-in piece like James White, even just swapping picks around, swap a second and a third and add James White, you know, things like that that get people going, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm building. It's easy enough just to let this player go because I won't need him next year. And all of a sudden you have a piece that could possibly make a difference later on in the year. Um, yep. He looks really, really good. He looks back, like you said, back to what he was before. Yeah. Yep. And he's not even 30, right? No. He gets, he's not 30 yet. But he yeah, and he's not he's not getting banged up like he said a few runs. Yeah, but he's not going to be used twenty times a game up the middle. And he made you know? those dudes miss at the goal line. Mm. It wasn't he's, just he's, like, he's been a good running back for years. Part the Red yeah. Sea, like yeah. in our background here, uh, <laughs> he he made some people miss. So definitely, it take the shot right now. Go and get yourself some James White. Secure yourself some running back death. Injuries have been gnarly. Seventeen week season. He's going to come in handy. So that's my fight. tip. That's yeah. my player. Look, every week we partner up with a great group of guys at What's the Spread. And the guys at What's the Spread like to give us a little bit of help in betting for the Big Ten. Now, unfortunately for Andy, uh, it was rough for that poor man again this week. Not again. Here, yeah, here again. <laughs> so here with the the two the just under two-minute uh, spread. Uh, we have the guys from What's the Spread going to come drop some some college football reaction from their picks from the Friday show. So sit tight. We're going to see you in about a minute or so. Uh, enjoy the guys from What's the Spread. This is What's the Spread. It's the two-minute drill presented by Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast Network. I'm Dan Starr. Joining me, we got Andy Starr. Last week, we gave you some good bets to bet on. I uh, gave you Cincinnati, favored by four. It was my lead pipe lock of the week. They got off to a little rough start early on, but the Bearcats, after going down 14-0, outscored the Hoosiers 38-10 to close out the game. And just like I told you, there was no way Penix Jr. to throw his way to a, a victory or cover the spread, and he did not, giving up three interceptions and some costly ones late. Bearcats roll. Andy, what do you got? Yeah, I gave you uh, Colorado minus three at home, taking on Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, not only did they not win that game, they lost that game 30 to nothing. So, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you other than uh, I'm sorry. And it just reminds me of an episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza decides to do everything the opposite of what he would normally do. And uh, maybe that's what people should do for me moving forward. But, uh, I'm going to try again next week. Uh, like I said, it couldn't have gone worse this time around, but we'll see what happens next week. So hammer my picks, fade Andy. Fade uh, Andy, hashtag fade Andy. Nothing wrong there, with that. There we go. You can follow us at DSTAR18 and at ASTARFF. We're going to have our lead pipes locks coming up at the end of the week. This is What's the Spread? <laughs> oh, fucking Andy, yo. How happy was Dan? What have you got, Andy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knew it was coming. He knew he was about to roast him again. He set him up. Yeah. Well, and oh, he knows man. too. Andy's just—he's having it. Look, we've all we been there, you, buddy. We've all been there. Uh, yeah. Look, we're not gonna fade you. We're we're gonna <laughs> accept you. 
embrace you. I'm not trusting you with my money right now. Not yet. Yeah. He's going to keep giving you a spot to uh, to prove the haters uh, wrong. Hang tight. It's a long college fuck 30 to nothing. It wasn't even close. Those are the guys from What's the Spread. They're going to bring us their lead pipe locks of the week coming up on Friday. Tom Lee, as we fade out here on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, I want to talk just about a player or two real quick while we have some time. Yep. Now we're in the top 12 over the last two weeks so far in the season that stand out to you. I'm going to get one from you. Uh, what is the one player from all positions that really stands out to you for this first two weeks? I can one tell you player. who mine is if you need a break. Yeah, you go with yours first. Second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Look, it's 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 not super surprising, but to, to me it kind of is. For the first two weeks, Joe Mixon has not only held up, but is getting an increased workload. Look, Fantasy Pros has him right now as a running back eight. He has 196 yards. He has 49 attempts. That is good for second in the entire league through two weeks. Right, this was neutral game script with Minnesota. Um, came through, and won that game. He has uh, six targets. I can't believe he has less targets than <laughs> Derrick Henry. That is insane. Yeah. Every time I see it, it's crazy. He has the touchdown, four yards a tote. Uh, Joe Mixon is coming through. He looked good. He looks healthy. I think a top twelve season is definitely in his in his future this year. Uh, so I'm a little surprised at that. I was down on Joe Mixon. I was vocally down on Joe Mixon. I vocally wanted to get away from Joe Mixon and his seemingly dead-ass foot. But his dead-ass foot seems to be sewn back on a la Frankenstein, and he is uh, he's kind of crushing right now. Helping he's frank and fine, Tom. He's frank. Oh, my God. <laughs> what player do you have that you're surprised to see in the, in the top 12 right now? So this was the issue. I had six. And then you went, go one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Time, time, so, time for the people. So I just want to look at the, the position of wide receiver and mention a few names that are that are excellent to see there because we know they're great producers, but they're often looked down not on. In, it's not Cameron Ridley. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> they're often looked down upon because they're not sexy names in Dynasty, right? And that's that old guys and guys that are talented can still produce. So... You look at Lockett, the number one receiver through two weeks, right? 12 for 16, 278 yards and three touchdowns. Absolute stud. You could have got him for less or for a late first or an early second off in the offseason, right? Mm -hmm. That's a player who can perform for you on your team. Fantastic. Debo Samuel, healthy, lent on by that offense. Fantastic. He said before, Hollywood Brown, 12 for 16, you know, number killing eight. it in that, Crazy. In that offense. It's just doing so well. But the one for me really to, to point out is Mike Williams. Right? And this is a guy that I was off in the offseason. Yeah. Because I hadn't, I hadn't seen him with Herbert. I hadn't seen the chemistry. I hadn't seen – I know that, you know, we, we know that the, the targets are going to go to Austin Eckler. They're going to go to Keenan Allen. But Mike Williams is still insanely talented. More healthy, like, I'm surprised to see him in that top 12 because, you know, he's a good player. And we know he can yeah. perform. But – Draft capital. We know he's athletic. Yeah. He can jump. We know he's buildings. good. He just hurts himself every time he lands. Yes, but, I know that's the running joke over there yeah. at, the, at the footballers. But yeah, look, I but like fifteen for twenty-two. Nerds. 
Yeah. I scoffed with the Dynasty Nerds when they were mentioning Mike Williams inside their top 10 and that he was a guaranteed target. They might have yeah. been just a year too early. 22 targets. Fantastic. Yeah. And that defense looks like they're going to give up some points. Yeah. So uh, 11.5 uh, yards yeah. per route. 173 yards on the season. He's already got the two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Boy, those touchdowns yeah. looked good. Those Real two good. touchdowns looked good. And yeah. he's he's got us. Look, Justin Herbert was a miss by 80% of the fantasy community. And if most of the time, if you say you were on him the whole time, I'm going to call bullshit yeah. unless you have evidence. Because most people faded him. He was the trap of the quarterback class. And honestly... Yeah. If you drafted him over Tua, you're probably really freaking happy. He looks like an absolute superstar. So you're right, Mike Williams, fifth year breakout, right? This is the this well, is the Corey Davis Devontae, before, so you never know. Devontae Parker. Oh, he was four years. So yeah, look, um, he's actually out targeted uh, Keenan Allen Keenan, by one yeah. target. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's producing, and also. Austin Eckler had eight, what, eight targets in that last game. So Game's they still fed the ball yeah. to Mike to Mike Williams. He's going to be a value from a lot of players. I think I agree with you on that one. 15, uh, yeah. 15 receptions, 22 targets. Unreal. Great player. He had the longest of 27, and he looks like his legs are, are healthy. So I'm all in on you for that one. Uh, look, that's going to do it for us for today. Uh, final thoughts here, Tom Lee? Well, we always like to get a little Aussie slang a uh, little terminology coming your way to the people. This week, a uh, particular favourite of mine, a lot of surf, a lot of beaches out here in Australia. Uh, the term shark biscuit, right? Oh, shark biscuit uh, re- refers to two things. Normally one, an inexperienced <laughs> surfer who is just a donation to the sharks out there is one. But I don't know if you have okay. them over there. So like boogie, yeah, boogie boards. Oh, I know what a boogie board is. Boogie yeah. boards, right? So they're also referred to as shark biscuits because you can't move fast enough to get away um, and you're just sitting duck. So a little shark biscuit out on the surf, a little bit of Aussie terminology for you, um, but that's this week's so who, one. Enjoy. So who, who's who's a fantasy shark biscuit? Well, that could, well, you know, spoilers if we have a segment popping up, but we could have like a trap, right? It looks like it's floating along the surface, looking really cool, looks like one thing, Turns out it's just someone on a boogie board. It's a fat bloke on a boogie board, <laughs> and it's going to get taken by the sharks out there. So Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. I haven't, is I haven't quite worked it into what we're going to do with a player, but I think it can be something. So that's a fun one. Uh, Tyler Boyd is the fantasy shark biscuit, shark biscuit. Uh, moving forward. <laughs> I love that. That's fucking hilarious. Look, I always, I always try to say the same thing. It's, it's the power of positivity can, can rule all things, and I strongly believe that. Uh, positive vibes out here, right? Like we've got people who are still fighting illnesses. We have people. I I saw a good good friend of the show uh, go through kind of a mental health thing last night, and yep. you know, people went and checked in on him. And he's doing okay now, but you know, reach out to people. Look, yesterday I I had an accident at work, and I'm lucky to be here right now. Uh, very real possibility that my head could hit that concrete. And I could either not be here or I could be a potato. Um, I'm I'm fortunate to still be sitting in this chair and talking to all of you and all of my mates and 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 doing this because you never know that could have been it for me. Um, you you just got to check in on people and be kind because you never know. Stay out of that take lock. Tell your loved ones that you appreciate them. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can't lose. And that the best days 
are spent tilting. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Appreciate everyone in the chat. Make sure to get in touch for the uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, giveaway. Good night, everyone. Stay safe and be well. should work in teams who wants to be my spotter i don't think you should be doing too much gambling tonight alan gambling you say anything about gambling it's not gambling when you know you're going to win <laughs>